They might not have hair, but they really do care about faith and life. Two bald pastors. Welcome to Two Bald Pastors, a podcast about real faith and real life. I'm Jeff Sinobaldo. I'm Joe McGarry. And we are two incredibly calm pastors in the midst of a crisis in the New England Synod of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. Joe, how's your coronavirus doing today? It is nice and easy and smooth. (laughs) No, things are going well, and we're downplaying that a little bit because our uh, good friends, Tim and Brian, have a new podcast. And what's that called? Tim and Brian Tim are, and freaking, Brian are out. freaking out, which I, was, was excellent. It was a I good think podcast. Their plan is to have a few podcasts uh, daily. I don't know how long they're planning on doing it, but uh, the first episode is already up and posted. I think it's about 15 minutes or so. Uh, I had it on before I went to bed last night, and uh, it helped. Actually, it helped me think a little bit more clearly about what I was going to do today. Today is Friday. March 13th, and probably everything we are going to speak about in the next several minutes by the time you listen to it will all be outdated because it seems like this whole uh, COVID-19 thing is really changing by the hour as far as uh, what's going on and where it's impacting people and what people are doing about it and um, just people's reactions have been kind of interesting. I've I've found it, maybe you have too, I've found it interesting, some of the most level-headed people I know um, are freaking out. And yeah. uh, I mean, I know Tim and Brian picked that as just kind of a, a little clickbait there as an idea so they could talk about faith in the time of crisis like we're doing. But um, that, that has surprised me a little bit, to be honest. Um, with others, not so much because that's just their personalities. But um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's a very interesting time watching what people are doing, not doing, how they're responding. I find that the people that are not responding at all or saying, ah, it'll all blow over, also interesting in their own way. Um, and as leaders, just trying to navigate how to care for the group and move the whole thing forward is always kind of the challenge we have. So It is a challenge. It is. And, and yeah. It seems like such a long time ago, last Sunday, and, and when I was sitting... It does. Last, last it feels weekend, like an eternity ago. <laughs> yeah, when I was sitting last weekend, you know, thinking about this a little bit for the upcoming Sunday, and quite honestly, I thought, uh, you know, it, it is flu season. We'll take some precautions. We'll maybe fist bump, elbow bump instead of passing the peace, and maybe do something at, at communion, but not take too many extreme measures and that seems like such a long time ago, and, and it really hit me. I don't know when it hit you, but it really hit me when within a span of a few hours, uh, Tom Hanks, you know, was contracted um, the coronavirus, the NBA shut down, yeah. uh, and I'm like, wow, if these multi-billion organizations are shutting down for safety measures, I really need to start thinking about this a little bit more and take it a little bit more seriously. Yeah, I mean, it seems like it was a quaint conversation when people were arguing whether we should have the peace or not. Right, right. And um, at least for my congregation, that is probably one of the most joyful things we do all morning. We do a lot of joyful things, but that that seems like the high point for my church. People are really into the peace. It lasts a long time. I mean, it takes 
I mean, I worked the crowd and kind of worked my way through the whole congregation and everybody is into it and into being with each other with the exception of maybe one or two people who endure it. But I mean, most people love it and it makes us a real friendly place to be. So, I mean, from my perspective, I was thinking, well, I don't want to take that away. It's kind of robbing us of who we are, you know? Right. So we, uh, like many others, started saying, we'll do the air high five or the little salute or the, the point and wink or the... I didn't do the boot thing or the the, the shoe tapping thing. That's <laughs> to me. It looks like Irish step dancing. You know, the elbow bumps, the uh, Spock live long and prosper. You know, we da- we made fun of it. I mean, not not in a disrespectful way. We made fun with it, I guess is what I want to yeah, say. Yeah, um, And people were into it. They were on the same page. And we had a good morning together, and it was great. And then, yeah, like you said, uh, first when I heard the, well, they were closing down the state tournaments, in, at least in Connecticut, for um, all the sports. And I'm like, holy cow. What, what are you doing to those kids and those families? Right, right, <laughs> like, right. That's awful. And then, you know, like, why not have them without spectators and still have the sports? But they just shut them down. And then I heard, yeah, the they didn't have the Ivy League tournament. They started shutting down other college basketball tournaments. The NCAAs were gonna, they were gonna have it, but without crowds, people there. They canceled that. You think of the money involved there. Yep. I mean, yep. Yeah. NBA, NHL, Major League Baseball. I made a joke of that yesterday. I said, all right, once you start tinkering with baseball, now <laughs> America's really pastime. Yeah. Now yeah, you're yeah. going to really get some people yeah. riled up. <laughs> but yeah, all that stuff. And and schools, uh, schools have been just shutting everything down. I mean, you know, yep. my daughter Mia's been in a play that she's been working on since Christmas time that is postponed indefinitely, which sounds like when you're a parent and they ask you for something, you say maybe later, you know, it's kind of sounded like that to me. And uh, yeah, I know your the schools in your town shut down. Ours are probably going to reveal that same truth within the hour, I think. And uh, yeah, just trying to play it by a year. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are happening all around us. And so the question that we are asking ourselves and we're talking with our colleagues about uh, both in person, through texts, phone calls, conversations online, is what do we do? What is our response as a church? And and how do we walk that line between being faithful and being uh, to to people's health and, and being responsive to people's health and being safe for people and not really uh, allowing people to get further sick than they may already be? versus being faithful to the gospel and and providing a space for people to find solace and comfort and um, practicing their faith in in times of crisis, in times when the world seems to be falling in on them. And I know lots of our colleagues are talking about whether to keep their churches open or closed, whether they're they're going to provide um, online live streaming for their services or providing other kinds of content, whether it be a podcast or a video or a sermon online, whatever it is that that we can get out to our people so they can still feel a sense of community even when we are practicing this social distancing that we are right now. Yeah, I was just thinking it through again last night, listening to Tim and Brian, and just thinking about how things are changing so rapidly, and and where we started. You know, last week seems like an eternity ago. I decided to write a letter that we could send out on our e-news 
program to everybody this morning. Mostly I wrote it just to say, look, we're, we're working on this and nobody's really got the answers, but also try to uh, keep calm. I mean, I think, um, you know, that is, I think the best thing anybody can do is just try to be the calmest person in the room. And then you can, you can really start to think through things rather than just react. Right. Um, yeah. So I sent that out this morning and then, uh, in the midst of the next couple of hours, fielding phone calls, texts, emails, people responding to it mostly positively, but, um, also saying maybe we're not going far enough. And then, um, just trying to work some of the other things I've got going on. So we started, we have not really had a clergy network in this town in a long time. And uh, uh, through the efforts of our police chief, actually, uh, Mike Spira, he brought us all together because we were talking about safety issues and, and other things when, you know, we were talking about those, <laughs> we were talking about people bringing uh, weapons into churches and stuff like that. Um, which seems like how many news cycles ago now? Yeah, right. But anyway, right. Um, yeah, we were talking, you know, and how do we be a coordinated effort of, of the faith communities in our town to address certain needs? I mean, we were talking about the drug problem and other things like that. But um, yeah, I, I contacted him this morning with the idea of maybe we should get together and, and come up with a an idea that we're all on the same page somehow. So we're going to meet later today, I believe. And uh, regardless of what comes from that meeting, I feel good that we're going to be talking about how do we as faith leaders in our town address this and uh, what we can do to support each other. I think that'll be, that'll be good. But um, yeah, there's, there's just a lot going on. I was thinking about um, the long-term effects of this and just if we're not going to be able to hold worship in person for a time I mean, as much as you and I are both pretty digitally connected, uh, I wonder if that's enough to keep people, you know. And so I was, uh, Tammy and I have been talking about coordinating an effort within our congregation of, of not just communication, but of also touching base and checking in with each other. Not not just like a phone tree, but kind of using that model to get groups of people, the smaller groups of people to be in contact with each other and then be able to communicate wider than that. Just to, you know, how do you be a community if, you're, if your community is usually focused on the one gathering you have every week and you right. don't have that one gathering? So right. you got to think of different ways to actually do that. And, uh, you know, in the long term, maybe this is going to be a blessing. It will teach us how to be, be together better. And, um, especially as spread out as we are in a lot of our churches, including mine. Um, you know, we could, we could end up learning a lot of good things from this potential. Uh, I don't want to say potential crisis. It is a crisis, but right, just the, right. you know, potential unknowns. It really it can worry people and how we lead um, by trying to be proactive, I think is really, really pretty important. Yeah. 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 We, we are still having our, uh, worship services Sunday. Um, As of right now, so are we, yeah, but, you know, yeah. this, you know, and, how this and goes. I, it all change. yeah, it can, it can change. I, uh, as we were talking just before the podcast, we started just before we started recording, I, uh, you know, we don't have a, a lot of people gathering at my church on a Sunday anyway. And that's really the, the fear, right, is is when you have these large gatherings of people, the the possibility of contamination really rises, and 
the problems are the hospitals are really getting inundated with people who yep. are experiencing these flu-like symptoms and need to be tested. And the reality is, you know, when I looked this up earlier this week, there's only six, a little over 6,000 hospitals in the United States, and there's only about 800,000 hospital beds. And those aren't just solely for people who are experiencing the flu. That's for people who, who are in car accidents, heart attacks, any yep. other number of things that could be happening to folks. Um, you know, that, that's why we need to distance ourselves from other people um, in mass gatherings so the, the number of people who potentially could be infected are going to be going down so doctors, nurses, um, healthcare providers can get a little bit of easement so they are not inundated with people going to the hospital to be tested. Um, and, and really the reality is that our government needs to step up and take some leadership in testing people and providing ways that people can get tested in and 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 help us to move forward as a as a country in in this crisis that we are experiencing which you know not to get totally political but i've been pretty disappointed in how that's been taking place so far yeah i don't think you're alone there um and you know just with as divisive as everything is it's hard to get anybody to get fully on board on anything it seems these days but yeah um for me especially i mean just doing basic crisis management whatever it is it seems to me that the questions to ask are, are what are the things we can control what are the things we can't and once you and what are people afraid of and a lot of the things that we can't control are the things people are the most afraid of so if we can kind of start working on well, what are the things we can do even in little ways um, you know, some of those other things, I mean, it's not that they're not important. They're hugely, vastly important, but we can at least work on <laughs> our little piece of the puzzle. And, and hopefully it snowballs from that direction too, because, uh, you know, it's also, if we're just waiting for the cavalry to come and there is no cavalry, what are we, what are we going to do? Right, 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 right. So we got to take ownership of, we can do something. And, uh, if it's as little as not putting people in contact together or making sure we clean like crazy and get enough sleep and try to take our vitamins and drink enough water and, you know, just try to stay generally healthy as best we can and check in with each other, try to figure out, that's what I'm working on, figure out a system where we can kind of keep track of people, especially our vulnerable folks and um, take it from there. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that goes as far as, leadership in our churches as well, right? Yeah, so a lot of right, exactly. a lot of uh, church leaders listen to our podcast, and, you know, I have heard um, folks say, well, what is, what is the Synod doing, or what is the ELCA, or, you know, whatever denomination you're a part of, what are, what are they doing? They need to tell us what to do, and, and th there yeah, has been some do? guidance right. what are you given, do? but really, you need to be asking, what, is, what does my community need? And right. how am I going to be responding to my community? Um, exactly. And, and you know, the, you're the only one that can really answer that question. There are lots of different options, and there are lots of different resources out there that can really provide opportunities for you to engage with your community on a really deep level. And, and like you said, provide ways for you to check in. I mean, I, I've sent tons of emails 
personal emails, made personal phone calls this week to yeah. folks just checking in right. on people saying, how are you doing? I'm praying for you. Is there anything that the church can do to help you out? You know, especially those who can be the most vulnerable in my community um, to make it to ensure that they have everything that they need and not risk exposure, unnecessary exposure. So that's something that we can be doing. And and like you said, Definitely. things can be changed uh, very quickly with all of this. And, you know, in an instant, we can be turning and saying, no, we need to be shutting everything down and self-quarantine our, you know, our, our families and our churches and that sort of thing. But, um, and just a matter of time, take it day by day. But in the meantime, Tim, Brian, we don't need to be freaking out, right? <laughs> I don't I don't think they're actually promoting freaking out. <laughs> That's what the podcast was all about. That's all I heard was them saying, everybody, we need to freak out. I maybe you didn't listen far enough. <laughs> I heard them offering some, you know, good, steady advice about staying calm in the midst of freaking out where everybody else is freaking out. I think, I mean, ultimately what it comes down to is we are in the relationship building business, right? I mean, that's what we mm-hmm. do. And um I mean, of course, with God, but also with other people and um, with each other as these communities we help foster and nurture. And, uh, you know, when I first was thinking about things shutting down and the implications of that, I think so many churches we have that are fragile enough as it is, and how is that going to affect them? And, you know, I, I started getting a little depressed about that. But then I started thinking, look, we've, I mean, we build relationships with people. And, and to be honest, some of these smaller churches, it's one of their greatest assets is they're great at doing that. Yep. Um, yep. You know, it, it's like cheers. You walk in, everybody knows your name and, and they know, you know, they know all your, your garbage as well as all your good stuff too. And, and still love you anyway. And Hey, we can, we can be there for each other in new ways. Rekindle that as our strength. And um, I, I think there's, there's a lot of positives in a time of crisis like this that the church can offer and um, just being connected and caring for people is is one of the, the best things the church does. So. It does definitely, definitely. Yeah, and I, so uh, so those know, of you, oh, so those of you who are listening, you know, we uh, Jeff and I, you know, we are definitely caring for those in our churches, those in our communities. But we also know that we have a network of people who are connected to us through this podcast. So if you need support in any way, we are here for you as well. You can get a hold of us on our website, on our Facebook page. And just let us know how we can be a support to you during this time because, you know, it, it can feel overwhelming. It can feel lonely when we are out there and we are just going and supporting other people and feel like there's nobody there to support us. But that's part of our ministry as well is this podcast and community that we have built up. And so if you need that extra support, don't hesitate to reach out. Well said. So what's the rest of the day look like for you at this point? Well, I'm going as, to uh, try to yeah. fight my way in the grocery store and find some toilet paper. <laughs> you know, well, no, you j- better, j- all joking aside, you know, I, I did go to the grocery store to get a couple of things yesterday. And yep. the, the reality is there was no toilet paper. I wasn't looking for that necessarily, but I was amazed on the stuff that you might be looking, the toilet paper, the cleaning products, completely gone. Uh, we do need to get some groceries for the weekend. 
And so I'm going to go out and get some of that and uh, see what the pickings are. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be plenty. I'm not too worried about that. But uh, that's gonna, I'm going to be doing that and just connecting with some more folks. I've connected with my leadership team. I have an email that I prepared for my congregation this morning, sent out to my leadership team to get some feedback on emailing that out and then taking the day tomorrow um, just to prepare for worship and anything that else may, that may come up. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's kind of my plan uh, for Sunday. And, yeah, I think maybe we can kind of check back in next week, too, and uh, give people an update as, as this progresses. We won't be doing it every day like Tim and Brian. If you do want to check that out, I, I encourage you. Those two guys are have a good podcast, a good thing going, and they will have both daily been updates. On this podcast as guests. Yes, they both have been on this podcast. Uh, yep. And, uh, but yeah, what about you? How how is your weekend shaping up before uh, Sunday? Well, I feel like I did a lot of the heavy lifting already this morning, but as you know, things keep changing rather quickly. So we're going to have this meeting, the clergy here in town. Hopefully that happens uh, sometime this afternoon. I'm, I'm hoping some direction comes out of that. Um, again, I'm waiting to hear what happens with the schools. Uh, generally, we close when the schools are closed, so that that will help make that decision as well. And uh, tomorrow I'm actually meeting with a couple of leaders who have... Uh, already kind of volunteered to help coordinate this how do we contact stay in touch with each other new thing we're going to do so we'll probably spend the morning doing some of that work and um in the meantime trying to trying to stay calm and collected and uh also connected to what's going on in the world and um just just try to be that person so that's that's kind of where my head is at and um we do have toilet paper, so if you <laughs> run out, and I know where you to go. Drive, want to drive a half hour, or so we'll hook you up. <laughs> nice. So, don't worry. <laughs> you unless you really have to go. Maybe a half hour drive is not the thing you need. No, no, no. <laughs> uh, at that point, it's mo- it's moved from emergency to crisis. But uh, yeah, I think uh, encouraging people to look out for each other and try to stay calm. And this is, you know, uncharted territory for all of us, really. Um, and so we just have to kind of be open to each other and um, try to be patient and positive. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for tuning into this podcast. Uh, we are the Two Bald Pastors, helping you connect your faith with your life. Uh, this is a corona-free podcast. You can listen to this and not worry about contracting the coronavirus. So that is true. Uh, feel free to binge listen as you are quarantined in your house, if that's something that you would like to do. Uh, we have plenty of episodes that you can listen to. So, uh, And you can check us out on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Two Bald Pastors, or our website, twobaldpastors.com. I'm Joe McGarry. And I'm Jefferson Nabaldo. Take care, have a great day, and be blessed. And wash your hands, for goodness sakes. Bye now. They might not have hair, but they really do care.